Hey everyone and welcome back to another episode of Emerging as Me. Today I have a very special guest. It's actually her second time being a guest on the show, Emily Russell. She's a farmer's wife, a mom of now three babies, an entrepreneur and motivational speaker, podcast host, and she also is a leader of retreats and masterminds that help inspire women rural women towards their truest, most aligned goals and priorities. So today, Emily and I are going to be talking about goals and priorities in the new year. I hope you all enjoy. You're listening to the Emerging as Me podcast with me, your host, Caitlin Cox, a show to encourage and uplift you with my personal stories and impactful guest interviews. As we work through the hard stuff together, we will empower one another to persevere through all of life's challenges. We'll cover it all from marriage and motherhood, living in rural communities, loss and hardship, and how to keep faith alive while finding hope in your everyday life. The journey of life, as I have learned, isn't always a direct path to success and happiness. I'm traveling down life's winding roads, learning to navigate as I go always growing and emerging with new perspectives and understanding. I'm constantly emerging as me through all of the things that life throws my way. So join me on this journey as we choose to emerge as better versions of ourselves every day. Let's get into it, y'all. So today we're going to talk about goals and I feel like you were the go-to person to talk about goals with, especially in the new year. Mm-hmm. And I want to talk about New Year's resolutions and I guess how you feel about those and how you approach setting New Year's resolutions. Mm. New Year's resolutions, I feel like, is such an interesting concept because, you know, I think that there's this mindset behind like, new year, new me, I'm going to do this 180 and change everything about myself that I haven't been doing for the last three months, if not forever. And it's magically all going to be better because it's January. And that's a really interesting time of year to make such drastic changes. First of all, if we look at just like the natural rhythm of nature, so to speak, like January is still in the middle of winter when we are more prone to be kind of dormant and like you know, that concept of wintering and turning inward. And so it's a really interesting time of year to decide we're just totally going to start fresh, which typically comes more naturally in the spring. You know, if we just think about what the growing season looks like, we plant the seeds, like the sun comes out, flowers bloom, etc. Now, I will say I do love a good opportunity to reflect and create action plans for moving forward. And January does happen to be one of those times in the year where we kind of feel like we have this fresh start or this blank slate. You know, I used to be an elementary school teacher. So for me, August always felt like this. It's like new opportunity, like setting different intentions, like a change of pace. And so by all means, like I am totally a nerd for goals and setting habits and building intentions. But I do want to encourage listeners to, as you approach the new year, really ground those in the reality that you want to create and how you want to feel 
every day versus just arbitrarily setting goals out of obligations or what you feel like you should be doing or like I said, like doing a total 180 on how you've been living life up until this point. So, you know, I think sometimes we, when we set these massive New Year's resolutions, we're almost setting ourselves up to, I don't want to say fail, but like statistically speaking, I I feel like it's like February 12th or something that like most people, and I put this in quotes because I really don't like this phrase, but like fall off the wagon of New Year's resolutions. And I think it's because, again, they're just not grounded in what is realistic for the season that we're in. So as we approach the new year, I guess I can't even say approach because this is coming out in January. As we start fresh in the new year, like, fantastic. I love being able to sit back and take a look at a time period, whether it's the past month or quarter or year, and think about what did I love about this season? What brought me joy? What made me feel good? What were kind of like those heck yes things? And then also like, what didn't make me feel the way I want to feel? What were some of those habits that I fell into that don't align with the reality that I want to create? What are some of the goals that I had set that I made a lot of traction on? Or what are some of the goals that I set that I didn't get as far as I feel like I should have? And just like really being able to take that reflective look backwards and then set intentions for moving forward. And knowing that you don't have to take on a year's worth of change in the first week of January. So thinking about, okay, where am I at today? What stands between where I'm at and where I want to be? And then how can I reverse engineer that into realistic benchmarks and small stair-step habits to get there? And that's one of the most powerful things I've learned in my journey is it is not only okay, but the most beneficial to start small master the habits that push us outside of our comfort zone, push us towards growth, but at the same time are like very realistic for the place that we're at today. And then understanding that that lays the foundation that we can build upon and really doing it through that lens of progress over perfection. You know, when we hold on so tight to doing something perfectly and then life gets chaotic, right? Or, <laughs> We're in the time of year. We both have littles. Our kids are going to be sick or we're going to be sick or a work project's going to go to chaos or gosh, if you live the kind of life like Caitlin and I have, it's planting or it's harvest and like everything gets thrown out the window. And then those are the moments when we get sent into this like shame spiral of, oh gosh, why can't I be doing it? Blah, 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 blah. And it's like, let go of that mental drama and just allow yourself to recommit and show up for yourself time and time again in a very imperfect way, that'll get you so much further than trying to grasp so tightly into getting that gold star every single day because that's just not how our very real lives work. I feel like I just went on a really massive tangent and probably answered five questions you were going to ask. No, it's I get really passionate about this. (laughs) It goes right into what I was going to say next. I feel like Over the past several years, I've really recognized that I'm in a different phase of life. Whereas it used to be, you know, January 1st, there's all these goals and things you want to chase and do and change about yourself. Mm -hmm. And it's like that go hard or go home mentality. Mm -hmm. And that was okay in my early 20s when I was, you know, 
kind of carefree and didn't have major responsibilities and didn't have to keep other humans alive and feed them. Mm -hmm. (laughs) And I had more time to, you know, go hard. But Mm -hmm. now I recognize that the season of life that I'm in, that's not realistic. And I have come to to learn that small steps are still steps forward. Mm -hmm. And just because I'm not moving at like a thousand miles an hour. And like you said, I'm not going to change my whole life in one week Mm -hmm. and that's okay. So we were talking about the new year, new me, you know, everybody says that I have decided to go with new year, better me this year. Mm -hmm. So I'm just going to take who I am and make it, make myself better this year. Yeah. Yeah. And I think that that like go hard or go home mentality is really what pushed so many of us to burnout. And, you know, I could really dig into this forever, but I'm just really starting to see this trend of different pieces of our our lives, our, this collective experience of our generation. And I'm going to make mass generalizations here, but, you know, everything from like school to sports to like the way our parents parented, like really set us up for this perfectionist mentality of like, if I don't go all in, if I don't do this perfectly, if I don't get the A plus, if I don't get the gold star, like I am a moral failure. And that sounds dramatic, but that really is the internal dialogue that a lot of us struggle with in our own way. Maybe it's rooted in perfectionism or achievement approval or like shame. Like everyone kind of has their own flavor of this. But it has been really healing for me over the past couple of years to untangle that and realize like I can show up for myself well outside of a perfectionist mentality. And even more so, you know, I think a really powerful example of this in the realm of habits, habits, excuse me, um, if anyone listening is familiar with the habit challenge 75 hard, it is very hard for anyone who hasn't heard of it pause the podcast, go Google it, come back. But basically there are certain habits that you are meant to do that are supposed to challenge you both physically and mentally. And it you have to do every single one every single day or else you fail and you go back to the beginning. And it is a very powerful tool for reframing mindset around doing hard things and committing to something. But in that type of situation, some people can be really successful. And then as soon as the 75 days are up, immediately revert back to the lifestyle and habits that they had previously because they don't know how to live a holistic life outside of the constraints of this like perfectionist mentality. And so it doesn't really, unless you're going to do that forever, it doesn't really teach you what it looks like to build the habits that make you feel good in a way that integrates into your very real life. And so, you know, that's why I I created and love my habit challenge UDU82 is because it does invite participants to think about what intentionality looks like and not even, I think even more specifically compared to something like that. And there. There are a million different habit challenges. Okay, like that's not a unique concept. But (laughs) UDU82 really invites people to look at where they're at. It's not what I, it's not the five habits I think are best. It's not the five habits that Caitlin thinks are best. It's not the six things that some other random chick on the internet thinks is great. It really forces participants to take a look at their life, figure out what they need to build or break to get to where they want to be, and then to do it through that progress over perfection mentality. Yes, yeah, so that goes right into so challenges. We know that life happens. Kids get sick, as we've mentioned. So 
when something happens, like a setback, how do you handle that with sticking to like your Mm -hmm. resolutions or your goals? Do you have any advice in overcoming the challenges? Yeah, I think, you know, I almost have to think about like a different version of myself when those types of situations would arise. I'd be like, oh, screw it. Like I missed three days. Like I'm going to tear up this piece of paper and throw it in the trash because I'm trash and whatever. Right. And so now it's kind of just accepting like, okay, like today or this afternoon or this week or even the past two weeks wow, that didn't go according to plan. And in addition to that piece of grace is I think sometimes it's important to figure out why. Okay. Like uh, from a very tangible level, like your kids are sick or you are literally throwing up. Yeah. Okay. Got it. Like that's why. But, you know, specifically around UDU82 or other systems of implementing habits or goals is oftentimes we are not doing the things that we say we're going to do for a reason. And a lot of times we just chalk it up to like moral failure. Mm -hmm. Like, oh, I just suck. Okay. Well, maybe the habit that you set out is too far from where you're at right now. And so it's actually not realistic or attainable for this season. Or maybe you said that you were going to, you know, drink X number of ounces of water, but like you didn't really change anything about the way that you drink water other than just hoping that you would drink more. Like, that's leaving a lot up to happenstance. So, you know, kind of reverse engineering of what changes can I make to make this habit, you know, fit into my day. If I say I'm going to work out for 30 minutes, but I don't have a plan for that, then I'm just like crossing my fingers that at some point in the day, I'm going to be like, I think I should work out. It's like, no, a lot of times those things don't happen by accident. Like, Sometimes it requires getting really specific. Like I'm going to get up at 6 a.m. I'm going to go do this type of workout. I'm going to, you know, have my husband do this thing to make sure that I can do like whatever it looks like. A lot of times if you're not sticking to something, there's a reason. So it invites a opportunity to get curious and to problem solve. Like what could I do to like ease the path of resistance? Mm -hmm. And then second of all, also just coming to the understanding of like, okay, almost like a place of neutrality. Like that didn't work for blah, 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 blah reasons, but I can stand back up. I can try again. I can keep going, which is requires a lot more mental weight than it sounds. It's like easier to just throw in the towel and like go back to whatever. But, you know, kind of remembering why you started in the first place. And, you know, perhaps even that's a question is like, why is this goal important to me? Why is this habit important to me? Am I doing it because it sounds good or because someone else did it? Or am I doing this because of some arbitrary metric that doesn't actually matter? And figuring out what that deeper underlying reason is and making that strong enough to combat the like, oh, I just don't feel like doing this moment. Yeah. I feel like having your mind in the right place Mm -hmm. is a big part of it because I've set goals before in the past and I kind of was like, oh, well, I just, I know I need to lose some weight, so I'm going to do this. And then, but my mind was not like in a positive place to be able to, to chase those goals or to do those things. So, and then I know about, well, it's actually how I got pregnant with Ashley Keith. He was a surprise. I just got healthy and I did not start January 1st. I started like spring. I don't know why. I feel like in the past when I look back, 
every time I've done anything that's like you know bettered my health physically has been in the spring. Yeah. So, Which makes so much sense from a biological standpoint. Yeah. So I got healthy. I started tracking macros. I was thought to myself that I would never be that person, but I did it and because I felt terrible and I've had like hormonal issues. I was trying to, you know, just feel better. And I didn't go in like really hard, really crazy. I just started small, like was trying to eat better. And then I started doing just a little bit of workouts. But then less than six months later, after I lost about 15 pounds, I surprise, I was pregnant. Mm -hmm. (laughs) But my mindset when I started doing that was in a positive place. It wasn't in a negative, like self-hate talk place, you know, where I was like, I just don't like my body. No, I was trying to feel better physically and mentally. And I look back on that summer and that really was the best that I have felt in a really long time. Yeah. And now I am trying to set goals that are going to get me back to that place. But mm-hmm. I recognize that the place I'm at in my life now is different than then. I, Although I did have Kay then, I only had one child. Yeah. <laughs> the difference between one and two is huge when it comes to time management and just overall chaos levels. Mm -hmm. So I recognize that the steps that I'm going to have to take this time around are going to be possibly smaller. And, you know, the pace is going to be probably a little bit slower. Mm -hmm. And I know one thing within myself that I've got to work on going into the new year is, like you said, making the time and um, really being persistent and really thoughtful about when and how I'm going to do this mm-hmm. and getting that like my mindset wrapped around all that as a whole. Yeah. I, you bring up two things that I want to touch on. Um, first is that mindset piece. And second is comparison to previous seasons, but you bring up such a good point is like we, it's really hard for us to create meaningful change from a place of self-deprecation or shame. If we could like hate ourselves into being any other certain type of way, everyone on the planet would be like so skinny. Yes. So fit, (laughs) so, so wealthy, so uh, like famous, like whatever. It just does not work. And that's, you know, when my health really transformed is when I was like, how do I do this from a place of loving myself and taking care of myself and doing this for my health and the way I feel and what my energy levels look like. And that's totally different than like, girl, you need to go on a run because you your pants don't fit. Like that is just not sustainable and it doesn't feel good and it doesn't work that well. And then another piece of that mindset is really embodying the change even before you believe it's true. There's so much brain science behind this, but thinking, talking, acting, writing about your goals or identity as if it's already true helps your brain think that it's important. It's like, you know, when we got our minivan, uh, said that we never would, but obviously we did because that's what happens when you get a second kid. So we got a gray Honda Odyssey and like, I swear when we were driving at home, we saw 742 gray Honda Odysseys. Were there actually any more gray Honda Odysseys on the highway than normal? No, but like my brain was like conditioned to be thinking about it because obviously that was a decision we had just made. So it's the same thing. Like and the most powerful example I can bring to this in my own life is when I started running. During my health journey, I went from being literally the opposite of a runner to running a half marathon. And when I say that, I mean, like, as a child, I was told I should not run because I had asthma. Like, 
Never in my wildest dreams would I have identified in a runner before this period. But for whatever reason, I just decided that that's what I was going to do. And I was, uh, you know, at the at the time keeping like a daily goal intention journal. And I would write like, I am a runner or I can run two miles or I ran a 10K. I ran a half marathon, like whatever. That's stair stepped along the way. But the the point is like, I started embodying the I am a runner mentality before I had even ran two miles straight. And it was just like, I'm a runner. What do runners do? Well, runners go to the running store and get running shoes. What do runners do? Runners get up and go on a run, even if it's imperfect, even if it's really hard. And so it was like over the course of that, you know, four or six months, like I just kept telling myself that I was a runner. And then eventually like what qualifies someone as being a runner? Well, someone who puts on shoes and runs on purpose, like people who aren't runners don't do that. Right. And Kaya uses this example of becoming a hat person. She was, I think the story goes, she was like in the car with her friend and a friend of this really cute hat. And she was like, oh gosh, I just wish I could wear hats. Like, I'm just not a hat person. And her friend was like, what do you mean? Like, just put on a hat and be a hat person. And so it's like that same thing of like, the more we say things like, I'm trying to, I want to, like, I'm trying to eat healthier or I want to drink more water. It just tells our brain it's not important. But if we're like, I am a person who drinks 100 ounces of water a day, and I don't know why I keep using this example. It's just easy. The more your brain's like, oh, we got to figure this out because we're a person who does who does that. So yeah, that's the first thing. Second thing is that like comparison to previous seasons, you know, we're pretty aware of how dangerous it is to compare ourselves to other people. But I think some of our deepest shame comes from comparing ourselves to different seasons of life. Mm-hmm. And like, I've been guilty of this too, of like, oh gosh, like, why is this so hard? I used to get up and train for a half marathon and teach a group X class and my nutrition was on point and I was drinking a gallon of water a day. Okay. Well, you know, for the past year, I've been pregnant or had a baby. Like things are just different today than they were in 2019. I see this a lot with like moms and the things they used to do before they had baby or women in their 30s were like, I was a college athlete. Why is this so hard? And it's like, well, you were in a totally different season of life and headspace than you are today. Like we are meant to go through different seasons of life. And that doesn't even have to be as far away as you think it is. Like, as your situation change, as you learn and grow, as you evolve, as you heal, as you have different priorities, like the way you're able to show up in different ways changes. And that's okay. And that's why it's so important to meet yourself where you're at and then figure out where you want to be based on that reality, not some fake perceived version of who you were three or 10 years ago. Mm-hmm. Hey y'all, are you super busy chasing around kids, trying to keep it together like I am? Well, I'm here to tell you to remember, slow down and take care of yourself. Even if it's just by washing your hair, using a really good deep conditioner, or practicing a skincare routine in the morning and at night. And don't worry, friend, I'm here to point you in the direction of the good stuff. As a cosmetologist of 12 years, I'm adamant about using salon-quality, professional products. But I'm sure, as you know, sometimes it's hard to get your hands on them, especially if you live in a rural community. But fear not, I've got a solution. In the show notes, 
you can find a link to my Hair by Caitlin Cox salon store. You'll find all the big professional brand name products. You can shop and have it shipped directly to your door. Don't hesitate to reach out or DM me on Instagram if you need help finding the right products for your specific hair type and texture. I would love to help you find a way to take care of yourself. You deserve it, friend. So, with accountability, how do you feel about accountability and the role it plays in setting goals? And then how do you stay accountable? What is a way that you stay accountable? Mm. There is, again, so much brain science behind this. If anyone has is listening to this and has not read the book Atomic Habits, mm-hmm. highly recommend. I'm sure Caitlin will link it yes. in the show notes. But there's a lot to be said as you're training yourself to show up for yourself because, like it or not, a lot of us are so much more likely to show up for someone else mm-hmm. than we are for us. And so there's something to be said that when you're doing the hard thing, whatever that looks like, whether it's recording the podcast or doing the hard thing at work or going out on the walk or cooking the nutritious meal, whatever your goals are, when you know that someone else is doing something similar alongside of you, it feels so much more motivating. Like you don't want to be the one who didn't do it. Mm -hmm. Like you want to be able to come back to the group and said, I did the thing that I said I was going to do. And so whether that looks like a friend or you know, a Facebook group online or being in a mastermind or joining some sort of challenge. Like there is a lot to be said for doing things with other people. And when those mental roadblocks come up, when it feels hard, when you get stuck, then you have someone to talk through that with that's going to remind you why you started and encourage you to keep going when it would just be easier to say, ah, this is this is too much. I just I just can't. You know, so in my own life, that's surrounding myself with people who have similar mindsets and similar goals, even if they're different than mine, are still like in that like-minded trajectory. Like I said, being part of a mastermind or even just like text message groups can make a really huge difference. It's why things like Peloton are so successful. It's because you have that community aspect. It's not just like you going down to your basement and doing a workout. It's like that engagement and being there with other people. Um, it's why group exercise classes are super effective or you know, working with a personal trainer because when you have that extra level of showing up for someone else or with someone else, it can help you get so much further, whether you're you know, talking about health goals, business goals, even motherhood, like Mm -hmm. things like that. You know, we were never meant to do life alone. And in modern society, we are more alone than ever, even though we are so immediately connected, Mm -hmm. but we were never meant to hold this much weight in our own minds by ourselves. So the more that you can really put yourself in situations where you're surrounded with people who are on similar trajectories as you can mean everything in pursuit of whatever it is that you're working towards. Yeah. Community and surrounding yourself with people who have similar mindsets or even just positive mindsets or positive outlooks has that personally in the last year, just changing like who I surround myself with or what I 
absorb through whether it be like media or social media or all those things and it's changed the way I look at even like pursuing goals what kind of goals or what is even possible for me you know Mm -hmm. because we sit back alone by ourselves and I feel like when you isolate yourself self-doubt takes over Mm -hmm. and you just spiral into a negative, a super negative place. So mm-hmm. when you connect with other people, I think it just makes life as a whole a lot better. Oh, yeah. I mean, think about the number of times, and I say this because Caitlin has been in one of our community masterminds over the past five-ish months, yeah. something like that. Gosh, I don't know. Time is so weird right now. But the number of times that someone has showed up and like really been in a place of feeling doubtful or overwhelmed or really stuck on some sort of problem or hung up on a mindset piece. And then the way that being in a group like that, everyone is able to share their experiences. So first of all, you have this, oh my gosh, I thought it was just me. I'm not alone, which is so therapeutic in itself. Mm -hmm. But then you have that problem solving piece and people holding up a mirror to remember like, oh, but you also did this and you can do this and you've done that. And like, why are you letting that hold you back? Because you're awesome. (laughs) Like, you know, it sounds so simple, but in those moments of doubt or frustration or overwhelm, like having that, you know, we like to say like personal board of directors around you to reflect back your intentions and help push you along the path that you've set out for yourself can be so life-changing. Yes. Okay, so when you finally achieve the goals that you set, I feel like this is a very relevant thing. Like a lot of people set these big goals, then they Mm. reach the goal. Then before they even like take a minute to reflect back on, you know, what they've actually achieved and celebrate that, they're moving on to the next thing Mm -hmm. and just chasing a whole nother thing. So And like we've talked about burnout and how that's just, I feel like that's just a surefire, you know, spiral into burnout. Mm -hmm. So how do you like acknowledge or celebrate your goals? I guess, what are your thoughts on that concept? Yeah. And that's where the book, The Gap and the Gain was so Mm -hmm. eye-opening for me. And I know it has been for a lot of people because those of us who are goal-oriented, my baby's head just racked my headphones. <laughs> like we're chasing an ever moving target and it like leaves us in the cycle of never feeling like we're doing enough or never feeling like we've achieved enough. And there's like the quote that's like, you're currently living the life you used to dream of. And it's like, oh my gosh. Yeah. Like the reality that I experienced today would have been unfathomable three years ago. And so Part of it's like staying grounded in the moment and having like that continuous mindset of like gratitude and abundance. And then also reminding myself like, where, what am I creating? What am I creating it for? And like really celebrating those accomplishments because like we are our own biggest critic always. And so it's so easy to be like, oh gosh, like I'm not doing enough of this. I should be doing that. And that's honestly where we drown in any, anything is when we, focus on what we should be doing. Oh gosh. That is like a word that we should eliminate from our, from our language. But as far as celebrating goals, gosh, this is something like, I can't say that I've perfected for myself because, you know, I am a very impact driven person. And so no matter what I'm doing, I'm like, 
oh, well, what if I did this? Or I could be doing more of this. And maybe I should have helped that person with that or whatnot. And so this is definitely an area I'm growing into of just like really staying grounded in the present and holding space for the goals that I have achieved and the blessings I have brought into my life while also in pursuit of the things that I'm working towards now. So I'd be interested in um, any of your listeners and what methods they have for really acknowledging the accomplishments that they've created. But something I've done in the past and didn't do as much this year because, or I guess last year, because let's just be honest, like while I was pregnant, there's a lot of, it was a lot. Okay. But for many years, like I said, I kept a goal journal where I'd write like 10 things I was actively working towards, um, whether it was a mindset shift or like a very tangible goal. And so it's been really cool to look back on those. Like, I think the first time I talked about hosting my own podcast was like early 2020. And so being able to look back and like when goals were first envisioned and then what steps I actively took towards them and then when they came to fruition and be able to be like, oh my gosh, like I did that. Like we're there, we're doing the thing. I think that can be really cool. And now that we're talking about it, I kind of want to go back through those journals and see what else, (laughs) what else is true now that. Yeah. Yeah, That's one thing I was going to say. I feel like something that I've learned as a way to like celebrate or to, you know, pause and really absorb the moment is to reflect back on like where I was or how far I've come. And I feel like really this past year, And, you know, all the ideas and things that I have learned through my head. And then, you know, I went through it this summer. I felt like I was just like not doing enough or not moving at the pace that I wanted Mm -hmm. to be moving at. But then I had to like stop in the fall and pause and then look back at what I had done. And I was like, maybe I have been doing some things. (laughs) Oh, that's such a good point is I think, you know, having those people that you can reflect back with can be really helpful. And that's really what we did the last couple of weeks of the last mastermind session Mm -hmm. in December was, in what ways have you grown over the past five months? What about all of 2023? Like, what does 2024 look like? And really taking that step back and being like, oh my gosh, wow. Yeah. (laughs) Like things do look different now than they did a year ago. Because it's hard in the moment to to see it because we're just out here living life. Yeah. Life's so busy and fast paced and crazy. It can just run away with us. You have to Mm -hmm. just learn to slow down and... Stop and look back and appreciate where you are. Okay. So you have your You Do You 82. So I'm going to link all your information in the show notes. So if anybody wants to, you know, jump on that and get that started this January for their new goals for 2024, I know I'm going to fill out a habit tracker and I'm going to be realistic with my goals or my changes that I'm trying to make because I know it's January. I know myself. I know like Mm -hmm. we've talked about wintering. We're wintering right now and I'm not super productive as far as in a physical way. I feel like it's not the time for me to start doing a major life change with workouts and things, Mm -hmm. but I know that there are small habits that I can change now to set myself up to be in a better place come spring when usually, you know, I really start moving a little bit more. Right, right. Yeah. So I, I mentioned you to to a little bit earlier in this episode, but basically it's a habit challenge that I created where participants intentionally work on building or breaking habits for 82 days through that lens of progress over perfection. And I do also have like a little sister version of it that's 32 days for when 82 days just feels 
like too much or you just need a little jump start. But basically the premise behind it is, again, that invitation to look at where are you at? Where do you want to be? And what's that gap in between? And what are the baby steps that you can take today to get there? The habits need to stretch you outside of your comfort zone, but also be realistic. Like if you've never walked a mile in your life and you say you're going to walk five miles a day, like, come on, like that's not going to happen. So it's like meeting yourself where you're at. And then they also need to be specific and what's the word I'm looking for? Inactionable. So saying like, one of my habits is to eat healthier. Like, what does that even mean? Like, so maybe it is something as specific, like eating a vegetable with dinner every night, or maybe it is something like tracking macros. But, you know, at the end of the day, being able to say, yes, I did that. No, I did not. Like anything that has any kind of gray area just really sets you up for like that train of, for lack of a better word, excuses. Like, oh, this is kind of healthier. Like, no, 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 no. Concrete. Like, it's not like be nicer to my kids. It's like, you know, very (laughs) specific things. And that's really it. Like, there are people who do this challenge with a very health-focused set of habits. I've had people use this specifically in their business to build intentionality. I've had people use this, you know, a little bit of everything. Like, keep the kitchen counter clean every, you know, do a kitchen counter clean every night or send one scary email for my business every day or, you know, spend 15 minutes of one-on-one time with each kid. Like there really are so many different directions you can take this, which is what I love is it invites you to look at that 360 view of your life and like, what's going to help me feel the way I want to feel by the end of this challenge. And again, through that progress over perfection mentality, you know, at those 82, at the end of the 82 days, I think our natural inclination for a lot of us is to be like, oh gosh, I only went on the walk half the days. Like that's a 50% rate. Like I'm trash. (laughs) (laughs) I like to reframe it as, oh my gosh, but look at those 41 days you showed up for yourself. Look at those 41 miles you did walk or whatever it is. And that's like, had you not been doing this challenge, would you have done it on those 41 days? The answer is probably not. And so it is really a step in the journey, like I said, from where you are to where you want to be in a way that invites grace and standing up and back and trying again. Like, you know, there will be people who are like, oh, I haven't filled out my tracker in over a week. Like I should just start over. I'm like, you could, or you could just keep going. And like, again, reflect back as to what happened over the last week. What changes can I make to be able to do that? Are my habits like totally unrealistic? Like, there are no rules here, friends. You can change a habit like 10 days in. It's okay. I think that's a big thing. Like give yourself permission to modify your your goal. If you know you get into it and you figure out, you know, life is not going to be working with me to mm-hmm. get this thing in motion. So maybe I need to reframe this a little bit. I right. feel like giving yourself permission to do that is really big. Absolutely. Absolutely. So it's a totally free challenge. Anyone can start anytime. Um, We've created all sorts of resources, different kinds of trackers, whether you like to print things out, whether you like to keep track digitally. Um, There's also a lot of different apps that people can use alongside the challenge. If you're an app type person, there's a community Facebook group. There's podcast episodes I can send you to. There's a lot of resources at play, but Ultimately, it is a tool to be able to stay accountable to the things that you want to in the new year or at any point in time. If you're listening to this episode 
on March 12th, you can start today. <laughs> yeah. And it's spring, so it might work better for you like me. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. But if you think about like, Caitlin, you starting in January, think about, okay, what habits would I want to create now? Mm-hmm. So that 82 days from now, which would be what, like end of March, yeah. beginning of April-ish, That's like what? That's only 82. <laughs> I know. Like what foundation can I lay in these winter months so that when it's April, I'm not suddenly waking up and being like, I should change my whole life today. Like, you know, you've already kind of built that routine and that rhythm. Like right now, maybe for you, it's like, 20 minutes of stretching a day or gentle yoga. I don't know what, whatever people like. And then once the weather gets warmer, then maybe it's, you know, something that feels a little bit more active. Right. But it's really building that habit. I feel like it's in atomic habits, but maybe it's from a different book. But the author says like, if you want to build a habit, make it like so stupid, simple. You can't say no, like make the habit, read one page of a book. Like it's very hard to find an excuse as to why you cannot find 30 seconds to read one page. But chances are, if you sit down to read the one page, you'll end up reading five pages or 10 pages or three chapters. Mm-hmm. But a lot of times it's just like retraining your rhythm for the day. It's like, maybe your habit is not going a three mile run. Maybe it's put on your running shoes and step outside the door. Yeah. Once you've mastered that, then it's walk down the driveway. And that sounds so stupid simple, but so often we set these goals that, again, aren't meeting us where we're at. And then that's why we almost immediately, and I put this in air quotes, fail at them is because they're just, they're not integrated in meeting ourselves where we're at. Yeah. Well, thank you so much for doing this interview twice because the first time it did. <laughs> <Such a> tragedy. <laughs> Dang technology. It'll turn out really good. <laughs> Any last words for listeners on mm. resolutions and goals in general? And mm. any last words of wisdom? I think it is so powerful to realize that you do have the capacity to shift your reality on any given day. Like you are one decision away from changing your entire life. And that might not happen overnight, but you can work on changing your mindset overnight. And so, you know, going from that like place of shame and like needing to do better from a place of negativity to thinking about the way you want to feel and the reality that's possible. Like if you are delusional enough, you can do anything. (laughs) And like, you know, like just showing up with confidence and doing it scared and like just deciding you're going to be a hat person or whatever. Like, who cares? You want to be a marathon runner? Be a marathon runner. You want to start a podcast? Start a podcast. Like, there are no rules. We make up so many rules for ourselves where we absorb all these other rules that we think other people are giving us. But you are one decision away from totally changing the trajectory of your life. So if you take anything away from this conversation, it's yes, be gentle with yourself and meet yourself where you're at and stair step along the way. But also know that literally anything is possible and there are is no reason why you can't do anything that's been laid on your heart for a reason. I love that. That's so good. Yeah. Just go do it. Yeah. <laughs> Just go do it. Go do it. Yeah, one of my um, 
internet friends. She lives in California and her, this is a very, this is a tangent. You can cut this out, but maybe it's relevant. So her sister's husband, so her brother-in-law is a personal trainer and now has like become friends with A-list celebrities through his work and just like showing up every day. And this week, her sister and her brother-in-law were in Travis Kelsey's suite at the Chiefs game with Taylor Swift. Like, oh my gosh, all of the pictures you see of Taylor Swift, my friend's sister is sitting right next to her. And they like, so she was like sharing all this stuff. And she was like, if you're delusional enough to believe it's possible, like you can do anything. And it, it was just like such evidence of that. It's like, there's actually no reason you can't do anything that you think yeah. you want to do. Like we are one person, one decision, one connection, one habit away from a totally altered state of being. So yeah, the world's wide open. You just got to go out there and explore. I know. Gosh, that just went off the rails. Feel free to just edit that out. But isn't that crazy? Like, I'm sitting here doing a podcast with you and I know I would never, the place I was last year in mindset and yeah. It's just crazy, like, what can change so fast in such a short amount of time if you just take action and go do things? Yeah. And, like, I had someone send me a message this morning. It was like, how did you build so much confidence in who you are in your business? And I was like, I mean, short answer is a whole lot of doing it scared, being around the right people, and therapy. (laughs) But that is, like, it's putting yourself out there and letting go of those expectations are the rules that you've given yourself and just doing it. Like, why the heck not? It's amazing. It's amazing when you take a step back. I know for both of us, it's like, all it took was a random decision to do yeah. something. For me, but it was like, random, like midnight decision. <laughs> right. And that's where like, you're doing, I don't know, everything is on fire. I'm going to go to this retreat and yeah. see if it helps. Yeah. A year later, like what you're doing and you know, mine was like, gosh, I just feel like no one understands what I'm talking, what I'm thinking about these days. I think I'm going to start an Instagram account, like so unceremonious, but it was just like one foot in front of the other and then making connections and going to a retreat and messaging people that I didn't know and creating relationships and trying new things and building new habits and changing my mindset was honestly the biggest piece. Yeah. And so I think the last time we recorded this, we were talking a lot about self-awareness and just what that looks like. And, you know, the more you know yourself, the more you learn to trust yourself, the more you lean into your intuition and kind of own your stuff, like the easier it becomes to just totally recreate what that reality looks like. Someone's listening to this and I was like, these girls are off the rockers, but that's fine. <laughs> it turned into a conversation. That's <laughs> fine. Yeah. No, I have this like secret underlying goal that I have Jenna Kutcher's phone number in my, in my cell phone. So that that out co- into, the, into the world, into the atmosphere, it'll happen. Yeah. Like that sounds insane. Yeah. But is it? Like we are... One decision, one thing away from, you know, if that becomes true, I'm going to come back to this episode and say, I said it, I said it then and there. 
But why not? Yeah, why not? Yeah. Okay. Anyway, this this went a whole different direction, but maybe it's inspiring or. Confusing. I think it's still it's still good information. It's still good. <laughs> still good. <laughs> anyway, thank you so much, Caitlin. Thank you, Emily. Thank you so much for tuning in to the Emerging as Me podcast. If you enjoyed this episode, please take a screenshot and share it with a friend. This helps me spread the word and touch more lives. Don't forget to subscribe so you never miss an episode. To continue the conversation, you can find and follow me on Instagram. Talk with y'all later.